0: Labels. Everybody has labels. There are ways that all of us are labeled one way or another. You know We're at this time now where we seem to feel like we got to give every generation its own label. Some of us are in here and we're the boomers, and you know, we have our own reputation about the way we are. But behind us, they're the millennials, and then behind them, the Gen Xers, and then now the Gen Zers. And I'm not really sure who's what or where they fit or how it goes, but I know this all of us are supposed to have some kind of a label that we carry. We label each other and we'll label ourselves in different kinds of ways. We're about to come. To that time of year when you won't have any trouble discovering what kind of team, what sports team somebody supports because they're going to have their label on. It may be an A, it may be an AU, it might even be something else. I don't know what it could be. But we'll have some kind of label on ourselves. We label ourselves by who we root for or who we care about or what kind of uh, causes are important to us. We like to use labels. And over this past year, there's been a new label that's kind of come across the the nation. And everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. When you talk about that particular label, have you heard the label, Mama Bears? We have a country filled with Mama Bears. And if you've heard that label, you know what it means. It's talking about women who are deeply concerned about their children and what's going on in their children's lives They want to make sure that somebody else is not going to be the one that decides what's best for their children to learn or to believe or to practice or to hold on to. And so they fiercely come out and they say, my children are my children and only my children. Well, here's the truth. Mama bears have always existed. Parents have always been passionately committed to the well being of their families. And it's hard to find a mother or to ha- find a father who is not passionately committed to the well being of their children. We want to make sure that everything is going right where our kids are concerned. We love them. We want what's best for them. We want them to be better than we are. We want to know that they're safe. We want to know that they're protected. We want to know that they're cared for. We want to know their values are the same values we share. We want to know their commitments are the same commitments that we have. But there's one area that's more important than any other, and that is their walk with Christ Jesus. If there's anything that Christian parents care about more than anything else, it is what is my child's relationship with the Lord? We want them to have a deep personal walk with Christ. We understand there is absolutely nothing we can give them that is nearly as important as their spiritual walk with God. We're committed to doing everything we can to influence them for Christ. After all, when it comes down to it, there's only one gift we can give to our children that lasts forever. And that is a gift of faith. No wonder, as we talk about what it means to pray for your family, it is vital that we make a serious commitment to pray for our kids. If you're going to influence your family in a powerful way. If you're going to make an influence for Jesus like you want to make. Then one of the things you have to know is this. I'm going to pray for my children. I'm going to pray for my children when they're little bitty. I'm going to pray for them as they grow. I'm going to pray for them as they're teenagers. I'm going to pray for them as they marry and move away from home. I'm going to pray for them as they have families of their own. I'm going to pray for them for as long as I walk the face of this earth. I am going to pray for my children it's the way that God challenges us to live out our lives to pray that they'll know God's presence and guidance and protection and strength to know that they'll grow up with a strong Christian worldview to know that they know the Lord is the one who's never going to leave them or forsake them we surround them with prayer in their daily life we Pray for the decisions they're going to make for the depth of their faith. We pray for our children, and God wants us to pray for our children. And why is that? Because God himself has a passionate love for children. Your kids are of huge value to the Lord. Whatever age they are, no matter what's going on in their lives, God desperately Cares. I've always known that was true, haven't you? If I ask you today, what's one of the very first songs you ever sang in Sunday school? What's one of the first songs you ever learned as a preschooler? I bet you would be a lot like me. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. I think I could sing that song before I could say any words and string them together. All of my life long, I've understood Jesus loves the little children but I never really understood how precious children are to the Lord until I was working on this message. And this is what I decided to do. I I pulled out a Bible concordance on the screen, and and I just asked the question, how many times does the Bible use the two terms, child or children? You know what I found out? The Bible uses those two terms 2,000 times times over and over and over God tells us that we are his children that our children are precious in his sight that we depend upon God to guide us as we lead our children God's love for your children is greater than your own so here's the million dollar question I want to ask this morning so how much do you pray for your children? How much do you lift them up to the Lord? Oh, I know there are those times when you pray desperately for your children. When they're going through seasons of crisis. When something really important is going on in their lives. When they're having to make really difficult decisions. When they're having to make choices about the future. Then you pray for your children but what about the rest of the time after all we make time for our kids we make time to play with them we make time to help them with homework we make time to attend their games we make time to talk to them about what's going on in our lives we defend them fiercely we are committed to their well-being but the real question is but how much do you pray for your children And at what season of the, their lives do you continue to lift them up? Do you pray for your children long after they've grown up and gone away? Do you pray for your children as they're making decisions, not at the beginning, but through the seasons of their life? You do if you understand some basic truths that you can learn from some of the parents of the Bible. So this morning, I want to challenge you to pray for your kids. And I want to show you what the Bible has to say about this vital subject. The first thing it tells us is this. You will pray for your children when you believe that only Jesus has what they need. Here's a question we ask ourselves. So who do you depend on? Who do you depend on the most to provide for your kids? When you're asking, who's going to look after my children's well-being Who do you turn to and depend upon? Do I depend upon friends? Do I depend upon church? Do I depend upon school? Do I depend upon myself? Who do I depend upon more than anybody to take care of my kids? The truth is this, if you depend upon school, if you depend upon church, if you depend upon other people, if you depend upon teachers, if you depend upon leaders, if you depend upon yourself, sooner or later everybody's going to fall short. Every single one is going to fall short of the goal that God's given them. The time is going to come when even your best is not going to be enough. Sooner or later, the only one who is absolutely trustworthy is Jesus that's what the Bible tells us sooner or later the only one that is absolutely trustworthy in your life is the Lord everybody else is going to fall short other people are going to disappoint you you're even going to let yourself down from time to time the only one you can trust is Jesus Christ the Bible tells us that once there was a serophenician woman who believed with all of her heart that Jesus could meet her need listen to what the Bible says it says from there he arose and went to the regions of Tyre and Sidon and he entered into a home and wanted to uh, and wanted no one to know it but it couldn't be hidden for a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him and she came and fell at his feet the woman was Greek a Syrophoenician by birth and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter but Jesus said to her Let the children be filled first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. She answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. And then he said to her, For this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. That's a challenging story from the life of Jesus, isn't it? It seems as though Jesus has been very cruel to a woman who is coming to him with a great need in her life. Her daughter's suffering, she's been attacked by a demon. All she wants is somebody to help. Now, understand, this woman knows she's not part of the family. She's not part of the people of Israel. She's an outsider and she's not sure at all how God is going to respond. But he knows this. She needs help. And so she comes to Jesus and she appeals to him for help. And what does Jesus say? Why should I give you the food when there are other children who belong to the family that ought to get it first? Why should I meet your needs and your daughter's needs when I need to start with the family of God? What in the world is going on? Is Jesus being deliberately cruel to this woman? Is he saying to her, your child does not deserve my care. I'll give my love to somebody else. That's not what's going on at all. This is what Jesus was doing. Jesus was testing her faith. Is your faith in me? Is your faith in me alone? Is your faith in me alone even when it's hard? He wanted to know, are you willing to put all of your trust in one place? And is that one place me and their conversation revealed the truth she wasn't coming to Jesus because he was a good person or because he was a wise man or because he had helped other people she came to Jesus on behalf of her daughter because she knew she knew Jesus is my only hope and I love my daughter so much that I'm going to put all of my faith in the power of Jesus to make her well she knew he was the only one who could set her daughter free and so she did whatever she had to to bring her child to Jesus this is what the Bible is telling you and telling me God is calling you to pray for your children with the intensity of the Syrophoenician woman. Yes, I'm going to pray for my children. Yeah, but are you going to pray for your children as though Jesus is the only one? As though he's the only one who can help? As though if you depend upon somebody else or turn to somebody else's wisdom, somehow they will be sufficient. No, you pray. You pray as though Christ alone has what they require. Their needs may not be as drastic or dramatic as that little girl, but their every bit is real. And there are times when you need to pray for your children and you need to pray for your children as though the Lord's the only one who has the answer. As though the Lord's the only one who has the power. As though the Lord is the only one who is sufficient. And so rather than turning anywhere else, you turn to him. You turn to him as though there is nobody else. That can make a difference. And your prayers will come alive when you specifically bring your children's need to the Lord. And pray as though the answers are in His hands. We pray for our children as though nobody other than Jesus can meet their needs. Bible also tells us this. It says you will pray for your children if you believe Jesus will do what only he can do. It's not enough to believe he has the strength, the power, the authority. It's also enough to believe. It also means you need to believe what he can do, he will do in my life and in the life of my children. We need the assurance that comes from knowing Jesus will respond when we pray. That was the case of a man named Jairus that the Bible talks about in the Gospel of Luke. Let me remind you about that story of a man who came to Jesus and he also had a daughter, a daughter with a great need. Listen to what the Bible says. Luke 8, verse 40, So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Can you imagine the desperation In that father's heart. There was only one reason Jairus rushed to find Jesus that day. He was sure that the Lord could do something. And that he would. He came to ask the Lord to intervene in a powerful way. And so he came to Jesus and he said. Here's the problem I have at my house right now is my daughter. My daughter is dying. I need your help. I desperately need your help. I've tried every other thing I could imagine. I've listened to every other voice that I could hear. But none of them have helped me. I need to know, Lord, will you help me? Jesus began to make his way toward Jairus' house. But as they made their way, there would be times when Jairus would have a reason You see, before the day was over, Jairus would encounter a number of challenges to his confidence in Christ. First, he would discover that the needs of others might come first. If you remember, as Jesus was making his way along with this leader to his house, it's when the woman came and he touched the hem, she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and he made her well. And Jesus stopped to talk to this woman. He stopped to remind her that she had been forgiven and restored and that everything was well again. And as Jesus was having this conversation with a woman whose life was miraculously changed, Jairus was standing over in the corner and he was so impatient. Don't you realize? Don't you remember what I told you? My daughter is dying. She's dying. I need you to come, and I need you to come now. We don't have time to talk to this woman. And somewhere in the back of his mind had to have been the temptation of thinking, maybe he cares about other people more than he cares about me. Maybe I just need to give up on Jesus. But he didn't. He stayed along. And as they began to make their way again, some people told him that Jesus wouldn't help him. There's no need for you to bother the teacher. After all, Jesus is not going to be able to do what you want him to do. So why bother him? Why not leave him where he is, doing good and touching lives, and you just go home and give up? There's no more hope where you're concerned. Maybe he won't be willing to help me. Temptation whispered in his ear. Maybe Jesus just doesn't care enough about my daughter. And then worst of all were the others who came to tell him, it's too late. It's too late. They arrived from Jairus' house. With the news, your daughter has died. There's no more hope. Even Jesus isn't stronger than death. Through it all, Jairus kept staying close to the Lord. Wherever Jesus was, that's where Jairus was committed to being. And if it took forever to get to his home, he was not going to leave move away from the Lord he believed that the Lord could and would help him and he did Jesus would turn to Jairus and would say don't listen to all of these other voices you listen to me and they made his way to Jairus house and Jesus brought the little girl back from the dead the people around him were saying even Jesus is not stronger than death But Jesus was saying, you want to bet? And he restored that little girl to a desperate, grateful father. You hear the story of Jairus and you recognize, here's a man who really trusted Christ. It wasn't just words that he said. It was the way he lived his life. He trusted the Lord. And when you pray for your children, you're to pray with a rock-solid faith in Christ and His power. And that means sometimes you're going to have to believe. Sometimes in spite of circumstances or situations or the opinions of others, you're just going to have to believe. The Lord has given me a promise. I'm claiming that promise for my family. I'm claiming that promise for my children. I'm not moving away from Christ. I'm going to stay right here with Him, and I'm going to pray for the ones that I love. And you have to lift them up to God specifically and expectantly. Jairus came to Jesus, and he didn't say, You know, uh, Lord, I I just wish you'd bless my family. Uh, You know, I've got a home. I've got kids at home. Uh, He knew exactly what he was asking God to do. And we need to pray in the same way, knowing exactly what we need to pray for our families with an expectancy that as I lift them up, God's going to come through most of all you must believe that he can and he will if you just keep praying and don't give up that's what the gospels tell us just keep praying and don't give up he will answer your heartfelt prayers for your children now You may find yourself being exactly like Jairus was. I'm having to wait longer than I ever thought I'd have to wait. I'm having to trust deeper than I ever thought I'd have to trust. I'm going to depend harder than I ever thought I would have to depend. But if you just keep on hanging on, God comes through. And then the Bible tells us this. You pray for your children... Like bringing them to Christ is the most important thing you can do. Matthew 19 tells a story of a time when some parents brought their children to Jesus. You remember that story. How they came to Jesus and they wanted him to touch their children and bless their children. And the apostles who felt that Jesus was too important to be bothered was trying to turn them away. These parents wanted their kids to experience his touch. They wanted them to receive his blessing. They wanted them to be touched by Christ as only Christ could touch them. But his followers thought, there are other people more important than your children. Jesus set them straight. Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. What was Jesus saying? There's nobody more important in my life than your kids. Don't say, I'll bring my kids to him later on. Or don't say, I'll wait until there's a critical need. Instead, Jesus says, let them come to me. There are two things you should always pray about for your children. The first one is this, that they will personally experience his touch. You need to pray for your kids in the same way that those parents were praying for their their kids so long ago. I just want them to know what it means to be touched by Jesus Christ. Now, that's a salvation issue. But it's also an issue of knowing how close he is. And we pray for our family, and this is what we pray. Lord, help them know how much you care, how close you are, how much you want to help. Lord, help them to experience your touch. And that's the second thing you should always pray. Pray that they will experience his blessings every day. Pray that from day to day, they will know what it means To be in the presence of God and experiencing his touch. To recognize it really is a very personal thing. It's a very immediate thing to know that the Lord is with you. And is there anything more important you can pray for your family than to pray? Lord, help them to know how close you are. Help them to know how much you care. Help them to know that you really are the only one that matters. Help them to know you and your blessings. There's one last thing this morning. So important. And as you pray for your family, as you pray for your children, pray that your children will see you coming to Jesus all the time. Lord, I want to pray this. I want to pray that as I lift up my family and as I pray for them to know you and to follow you the way they should, I want to pray that you'll let me Be an example. Let my walk be a walk that leads them towards you. Your children need to know that you have a close, real relationship with Jesus. They need to know how much you care. They need to see you walking with Christ daily. So you pray, Lord, let my life be a living witness. Three little boys were playing together one day and they began to debate about whose dad was the most important dad. And one of them said, well, without a doubt, my dad is the most important one because my dad had a meeting last week. My dad had a meeting last week with the governor second one said well that's nothing my dad's the most important because there was a day one day when my dad was actually able to go to the White House and he met the president finally the third little boy spoke up and he said no no my dad's the most important my dad knows Jesus and that's what We pray. My dad, my mom knows Jesus because I've seen them walking with him. So you pray for your children, pray that they'll experience his touch. Pray that they'll go through that season of salvation when they trust Christ as Savior and Lord. Pray that they'll experience His blessings and that they will know it is Him. And most of all, pray that they'll make a serious commitment to walk with Him because they've seen you walk with Him. Pray for your children. And that's God's call on our lives. As we pray for our families, we pray for those that God has placed under our stewardship and our care because nobody else has the privilege you have of praying for your children. Whoever they are, wherever they are, whatever age they happen to be and whatever's going on in their life, you've been given a primary stewardship. And it is to raise them to know and follow Him and to pray for them that they will experience his presence in a powerful way but most of all to pray that they will have a saving experience with a loving God and a savior who died for them so that they could know Jesus and live with him forever in heaven pray for your children Maybe you're here today and you're not a believer. You've never given your life to Jesus. I can promise you this. Somebody's been praying for you. They've been praying that you would come to that moment when you receive Jesus as Savior. Maybe you're here and your parents have raised you in church and you've been here all the time, but you've never made that commitment to Christ to ask him to be your personal Savior and your personal Lord. Maybe today is the day when you recognize They've been praying for me all along. And today, I need to give my life to Christ. And in a minute, when we sing our invitation hymn, you're going to want to come to the front. And you're going to meet me here. and You're going to invite Jesus into your life as Savior. Or maybe God's calling you to be part of this fellowship. Maybe as you raise your family and as you serve God, you want to do it right here. And the Lord's calling you to be a member of this fellowship so that this is the place. Where you serve Jesus. Or maybe the Lord's talking to you about something very specific. About your family. About your faith. About your walk. You just know this is the time when I need to come. In a season of rededication. Seeking prayer. Is there a decision you need to make? We're going to stand. We're going to sing. As God speaks to your heart. You come. Let's stand together. been good to be in God's house today to worship together to remind ourselves of one of the most important things let me encourage you again be back tonight at five o'clock you're going to be blessed to see what our uh, children were accomplishing this past week and what a wonderful time it was and you want to be part of that we're just so grateful for such a great week let's bow together let's pray and then we'll have one last song father we pray that you help us To pray for those who matter the most in our lives. To lift them up. To let them know that you truly are Lord of all. And Father, to challenge them. To trust him. And to show them our own trust in Christ. We pray, Lord, bless us as we go from this place. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.